Hi, I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast for Harrisonburg Nazarene Church. Be sure to subscribe for the latest updates and new episodes to this podcast. You can now search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Catch us each Sunday at 9 and 10.30 on Facebook Live. Also, this Sunday, we'll have an outdoor service at 9 a.m. We're going to conclude our series today uh, called The World of Difference. And it it is no accident that we've been in this series leading up to the best week ever. It's no accident that we're going to conclude the series today. This series has been teaching us what it means to live in a world that is different what it means for us to take seriously the call to go, not just during a week, not just during a best week ever, but but all the time in our lives, what does it look like to go and to serve those who are different than us? Who maybe there are barriers, like we heard in Miguel's story, a a language barrier, a cultural barrier, a racial barrier. Maybe it's a socioeconomic, maybe that your life and their life would never cross except because of Jesus, we're called to go. And we're called to reach people and to love people and to serve people that don't always look like us. And so this series has been challenging me and challenging us. And as we conclude the series today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, we uh, last week heard a a parable, a story of Jesus that really challenged us in this area. And we're going to close the series today with another story, another parable in Matthew 25. Jesus tells a series of parables that all really point to the end times, the end of it all, uh, how it's going to be in the end. And so these words today are important, but they're especially important because Jesus is kind of speaking about the end. And and I don't know, everything that happens at the end is just more important, you know, Like, like somebody's last words. Well, that's important. And so these are some of the last words that Jesus is going to speak in the Gospel of Matthew, but he's pointing toward the end times. And so this story is so important for us. So we're going to read uh, a story. You may have heard it before, starting in verse 31 of Matthew 25. This is God's word, the word of the Lord for us today. It says this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. We're going to keep reading here, but notice what Jesus is saying. All the nations, right? That's a world of difference, isn't it? Can you picture that? Can you get that image in your mind? All the nations are there, and Jesus is not separating them according to the boundary lines that we have in our life. He's not separating this culture over here and this bear over here and this group, all the men over here and all the, that's not it. Instead, he's separating them, sheeps and goats. And you, I don't think sheeps is a word. I think sheep is the right word, but there you go. Sheep and goats, and he's separating them. And how will he separate them? Let's keep reading. Uh, So he says, he'll put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by the father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes. You clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit with you? Then the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. So so pause here in the story. Jesus is telling us a a picture, a a story, a, a parable, but a parable always has an earthly meaning. It's not just a story for a story's sake. This matters. And so those that are listening are leaning in and they're listening to Jesus talk about how the king, the king, right, the father in heaven will separate all the nations of the world. And so we see those on the right are righteous. And those that are listening are like, I want to be included in that, right? And so how are we deemed righteous? It's because you fed me. And I was thirsty and gave me something to drink. And when did we do that, Lord? Well, when you did it for the least of these. That's what the king replied. And the story could have ended right there. And you could kind of infer from the story. but, But Jesus wants to make it abundantly clear. Not just what the righteous did, but what the unrighteous didn't do. So let's keep reading verse 41. Then he, the king, right, will say to those on the left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Jesus ain't being nice here, right? The king in this story, he's being pretty direct. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, you did not clothe me. I was sick and I was in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, well, Lord, when when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Or stranger, or needing clothes, or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do. For one of the least of these you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord for us. Two things that strike me from this story, a story that I have heard many times. Maybe you have, maybe you're watching or listening today and and, and the Bible is like so far from your reality and and these stories and these truths are new to you and, and the Bible it is something that, that you've never heard before. We love, love, love that you would tune in and watch and listen. And I pray that you will come to know God's word. But, but many of you that are watching do know the word. And you have heard this story before. And, and so maybe um, th- these words are words you've heard before. But I'm just going to tell you as I listen, as I read these words, two things that strike me. Maybe that haven't really touched me before. The first is that these are simple things. Think about it in the story. The king, his example is a meal to eat, a cup of cold water to drink. I got to tell you, I'm blessed that it says cold water because I like my water kind of cold, you know. A cup of water is good, but a cup of cold water, now that's blessing me, right? That's a simple thing, isn't it? That welcoming a stranger, that's a simple thing, isn't it? Showing up, looking after the sick or someone in prison, showing up in their life and How much do we devalue that sometimes? Just the power of showing up in people's lives. 
to the king, the example Jesus gives to those that are separated one from the other was not extravagant generosity. It was not, well, you built an orphanage and you changed the world and you saw, I love all that stuff, right? But what divided the sheep and the goats were very simple things. You gave a meal. You gave a cup of cold water. Somebody was in need and you embraced them. You showed up in the life of a lonely person. Number two, the thing that strikes me is these are things that anyone can do. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter your level of education or background or training to feed a hungry person, to welcome somebody that's, that's been pushed to the margins or the outside, to, to meet someone in their time of need, to show up to lonely people. This is not something just reserved for the elite. These are things anyone can do. Mother Teresa said it this way, a well-known quote. You've heard it before. She said, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. And you know, there was a lot of things this week for Best Week Ever we couldn't do. It was kind of a bummer, but, but I'm amazed. I'm amazed by watching when we can do small things with great love, the kind of impact it can have. And the example Jesus gives at the end of it all, when the righteous are separated from the unrighteous, it's not the elaborate, it's not the far-fetched, it's not the big dreams and visions and goals that we make it to be all the time. It was the simple things that anyone can do. I think today of Nancy and John, I got the privilege with my family to serve at Nancy and John's house this week. Uh, they live here in our community, and they're not a part of our church, but they're in need. They're at a stage in their life where they're transitioning to have to move into a nursing home, and, and they needed help. And so we just showed up, and we, we helped them pack up their house. And, okay, for some of you, that's a big thing, right? right? You think of packing, and you just start sweating. But, but I'm going to tell you, what we did that day in their house, it was not extravagant. It was not a big deal. It, it did not require a lot of training. It, it did not require a lot of skill because we were doing it, right, right? But when we left that day, they had tears in their eyes because it blessed them. Things that would have taken them weeks to do, we were able to do in just a few hours of being there. It was just a small thing. But in that moment, it made a profound difference as we were able to bless them in Jesus' name. We were able to pray over them in their home in this transition that they're anxious about. And we were able to just show up in small ways. I heard a story this week that moved me about some random acts of kindness. And uh, one team just got some gift cards. And they just showed up in Walmart and gave gift cards to bless people. And it just kind of prayerfully felt like, okay. And one person, they gave a gift card, just had tears in their eyes because she literally didn't know how she was going to pay for her medication that day. And they just showed up such a small thing. That gift card, in the grand scheme of things, did not amount too much. But to her, it made a difference. It made an impact. And I think Jesus wants to get our attention. That sometimes we get our eyes so fixed on the big thing that we miss being obedient even in the little things that we all can do. So the question, right? The question for us is, what is the difference then? between the sheep and the goats. What is the difference when it all comes down to it? These simple things that we can do, yeah, yeah, I get that. But, but I want to close today by challenging us and really helping tie in this passage of Scripture to where we've been as a church, to what's going on, I believe, in our nation, in our world, the division that we're seeing, and to, to really the culmination of the best week ever. I think this story 
as I, I look at it more and more, I, I think what's profound about it is it, it forces me to think first about what I can see. What I can see. Uh, notice in this story, the sheep and the goats, the righteous and the non-righteous, right? Um, notice something about them. Both of them, both of them uh, could not see to some extent. Now, what, what does that mean? Look again at your text. Both of them, both of them reply, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, right? Both of them replied, Lord, when were you thirsty? And we showed up with a cup of cold water. And in our minds, that's probably not how we think the story would go. We think the story would go that when Jesus says, the righteous, well, you fed me and you clothed me. The righteous be like, yeah, we did. You're right. I remember that. I remember that moment when I looked into his eyes and I fed him. I thought, that's Jesus, right? That's not what they said. Their reaction was exactly the same. And so at first, when I talk about this idea of seeing, you may say, well, Adrian, in the story, neither group really could see, could they? Well, I actually beg to differ. You see, uh, both groups, both groups, the righteous, the non-righteous, I believe if they could see Jesus, of course they would say, I mean, you see Jesus and he's hungry? Oh, man, you can have my refrigerator, whatever you need, Jesus, here, every dollar in my pocket, you can have it. I mean, it's Jesus. You see a thirsty person and you knew that was Jesus? You better believe. I don't even know, I don't believe in God, but I'm going to feel, I'm going to give Jesus some water, right? Anyone would do that. Anyone would do that. Right, right? So both groups, if they could see Jesus was in need, they would have cared. But, but there's a religious kind of pride in that, isn't there? Don't you have to question the motivation if the only reason you're doing it is because you can see it's Jesus? Don't you have to question sometimes the motivation behind that? Isn't there a little bit of pride? Isn't there a little bit of a sense of look at me? Isn't there a little bit of kind of a performance of, here I am feeding Jesus, right? right, right. It's, it's kind of like, look at me, look at me. And Jesus tells the story and wants to be clear that the righteous, the righteous could see. And maybe they couldn't see that it was Jesus, but you know what they could see? They could see a need. They could see brokenness. They could see pain. And, and they were moved to respond. That it's not about the reward. It's not about what you get in return. It's not about the recognition and the applause of others. It's about seeing hurting people, seeing lost and naked and hungry, people that have been discarded by others and showing up with them. One commentator about this passage says, generosity without calculation. Man, that challenges me, right? Because I'm going to be really honest. My generosity sometimes has a lot of calculation, right? Like, I could do that, but mm, I don't know. Right, right. And, and Jesus wants to be clear as he tells the story that this is generosity without calculation. The righteous were just as surprised on that day as the unrighteous. Because even though they couldn't see that it was Jesus, they could see a need. Their eyes had been opened. And so I do believe in this story. I do believe, what does this mean for us? I believe it starts with what we see. Can we truly see the needs around us? Can we truly, have we truly asked the Lord to open our eyes? Last year I shared on this very stage, after Best Week Ever, that one of the biggest takeaways for me, one of the biggest impacts was there were communities that I drove by on a weekly basis, on a regular basis, and I never paid attention. I never knew, but through the best week ever last year, I was able to enter into those communities and provide some food and some meals and just some fun for the kids. I was able to just show up 
and my eyes were open to people in our community, to needs in our community, and I drive by all the time and never knew it was there. And so there's something to be said about this idea of vision, this idea of, of God opening our eyes to hungry people, hurting people, lonely people. This is not extravagant requirements, right? This is showing up and meeting a tangible need in the lives of people, but it begins by being able to see the need. And what's clear about the righteous, those that were separated and placed upon the right, they, they saw needs and they responded. But the second thing, this is really good. This is really good. It begins with what you see, but see, then it becomes what's in your heart. First, it's, it's what's in your eyes, what's in your vision, but then it's what's in your heart. Because you see, there's this debate that happens in the church, and it drives me nuts. There's this debate that any time you get really passionate about serving people, any time you get really passionate about doing things for others, there's this debate that happens with people in the church, and it's happened for generations, that some people will say, well, that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel, because the gospel, the gospel is that we are, we are saved uh, by grace through faith, and that's it. And so they would kind of accuse those that get real passionate, maybe even those that get really passionate about this story of Jesus, that we're trying to kind of supplement the gospel or hijack the gospel to make it about something it was never intended to be. Because they would say that the gospel is really just about your soul. It's just about your salvation. And I understand, and in fact, in fact, I don't believe there has to be a competition between caring for the needs of others and a concern for their heart, their salvation, their soul. And I believe emphatically, listen to me, I believe that we are saved by grace through faith. The word is clear on that, that we don't serve, we don't love, we don't show up and feed hungry people. We don't go and welcome outsiders. We don't show up for the prisoner and the sick, as it says here. That, that's, not, that's not why we are saved. That's not how we are saved. But the word of God is clear that faith without works is dead. Dead faith. So dead faith it has no works, no obedience. No, it's not compelled to do anything. That's dead faith. And Jesus said the greatest commandment was, we've been talking about this all series, right? To love the Lord your God, that's the vertical command, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the horizontal command. And so if that's true then it begins with what we can see by seeing needs, but then it becomes about your heart. Because God isn't worried about your actions apart from your heart. Listen, listen, I'm not saying your actions don't matter, but what I'm saying is your actions alone don't matter. So God's not interested in, you go, in us going through the motions and, and feeding the people and, and helping the people and look at me, look at all the actions I've done, but if your heart is far from him. God's not interested in that. And the reason he separates the group that day, and the reason he could point to the group on the right and say, man, you're blessed. Welcome to eternity with me, right? right? Welcome into an eternity with my presence is because it began with seeing a need, but then it became something deeper than that. See, it wasn't just about meeting the need. It wasn't just about uh, being passionate about um, feeding people and clothing people. It wasn't just about that something deeper happened within their heart because ultimately our God isn't interested in hollow worship. 
He's not interested in a performance-based religion where we check the box and we do the things that we need to do to help and to serve and to love and to show up, but our hearts are far from him. He wants our hearts. And the difference between the sheep and the goats is they begin by seeing the needs of the people, seeing small, meaningful ways to meet needs, but it never became about the actions in and of itself. How do you know that to be true? Because at the end of it all, when they stood before the king, when they stood at the judgment seat, and the king said, you fed me, and you clothed me, and you showed up for me, and they're saying, when did we do that? That's how you know their hearts were pure. Because none of the things that they did for the Lord ever, ever trumped, ever overcame, ever overshadowed what God was doing within their hearts. Their hearts were pure. Their motives were pure. And even at the end of it all, they weren't even able to look back and have any pride in what they did. Why? Because they were just, it was a natural overflow of loving the Lord and loving their neighbor. At the end of their life, there was no great trophy. They couldn't look back and remember all the times that they were among the spiritual elite. It's because their hearts were pure and they were just living, not a performance. Not a, I'm going to go feed Jesus now. No, no, no. It was just a natural overflow of loving him passionately and then loving their neighbor as themselves. You see, this relationship between our hearts, between what we see and then what's in our hearts, I, I, I wrote about it this way. I, I, this helps me kind of encapsulate what I've been learning and what I've been feeling throughout this series and throughout this week. And so I'm going to say it this way. I, I believe your true test, and when I say that, I'm talking to believers today. So if you're watching today and you're not a believer yet, please keep watching. Please keep tuning in. We love you and we're glad. But for those of us that would claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, I believe your true test is what you do about what you see. You see, seeing is important. In fact, some of us, I think it's the first step, is saying, Lord, I can't see it. Help me see. Help me see broken people. Help me see the hurt in the lives of people around me. Open my eyes. Show me. Show me people that I interact with all the time, but I can't see it, Lord, would you open my eyes? But it can't stop there. It can't stop there. Because at the end of it all, when we stand before the judge, man, think about that moment. Think about my knees kind of knocking, standing before the judge. It's not gonna be about what did you see. It's gonna be about what did you do about what you see. And so I, the true test for us as believers, it, it begins with what we see, but then it moves deeper within the heart because I believe the true test is what you do about what you see. This week, we were able to put that into practice. We were able to see needs and do something about it, to see needs and not look the other way, to see needs and not say, oh, too busy, can't fit it in. Can't. We were able to see needs and do something about it. At the end of it all, Jesus said the difference is those of you that saw a need and you weren't too busy, it wasn't too inconvenient. You did something about it. What you do about what you see. You see, there's this really kind of difficult relationship to understand between our eyes, our vision, and our hearts. And it, as I've been, I've been like praying into this a lot. Even in, I've shared in recent weeks, my prayer through a lot of the brokenness right now in our world and the racial injustice and the division that we're seeing, my prayer, I feel like the Lord has spoken to me and said, Adrian, I just want you to pray, Lord, help me see. Because I think vision is so important. 
And I'm just admitting in my life that when my life is just filled with people that look like me and think like me, there are things that I can't see. There aren't. I've had to humble myself enough in this season to admit, God, would you help me see? I'm not sure I can see it. I'm not sure I can understand people that are different than me because I haven't taken the time. I haven't taken the time to truly get to know them. I haven't taken the time to understand their pain. I haven't taken the time to intentionally have people in my life that are different than me. So Lord, help me see that idea of vision is so important. But that idea of what happens in our heart is so important too. Because if we see the need and we see the world of difference, but we never do anything about it, and it never gets beyond what we see, then then what impact have we had? I was thinking about these words that Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, and they've challenged me. Uh, It's the Beatitudes. You've heard these words before if you're familiar with Matthew chapter 5. But Jesus said this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You see, I, I, I do believe it starts with our vision. I do believe that there's a moment in time where the Lord begins to open our eyes and we can see. And after he opens our eyes and we begin to see, he begins to change our heart. But the beautiful thing is, it's like this this crazy relationship. But as he opens our eyes and he begins to change our hearts, you know what happens as he continues to change our hearts? He continues to open our eyes. It's beautiful. It, it, it never stops. It's not like he hits us and bam, now we see it, boom. Now our, it's, like, it's like he opens our eyes to see and then he begins to purify our hearts. And what does Jesus say? Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Not just see God one day like in heaven, like, hey God, I hear, I made it. No, no, no. See God around you. See God in the hungry person, in the person that's thirsty, in the person that's naked or in prison or or is lonely. That the pure in heart, when we allow God to open our eyes and then to change our hearts, he continues to open our eyes and we see him. Your kingdom come is how Jesus taught us to pray. Your will be done. And so when we have our eyes open and when he begins to transform our hearts, you know what he does? He continues to open our eyes to needs all around us. Man, what a powerful, powerful challenge. The true test, right? The true test is what you do about what you see. The good news for us, church, is we don't have to do this on our own. The Holy Spirit wants to guide us and equip us and lead us as he opens our eyes and transforms our hearts. We're going to close this morning with a song. I, I just was praying this week about how do we close not just a message, not just a series, but the culmination of a week. And really, for some people that have been in the background and leaders that have been planning an entire season praying and gearing up for serving. And so I just was praying this week, if not just how do we close this message, but what would it be, God, that we could do to close out this kind of series of serving? And the Lord brought a song to mind. It's going to be new for some of you. Some of you may know it well by now. And and this, this song is powerful because it's called The Blessing. And really, this is just a beautiful word of blessing. And and it's, it's really straight out of the Old Testament. In Numbers chapter 6, it's called the priestly blessing. In these words that we're going to sing in just a moment, I want you to receive these words, first of all, for you today. Because let's be honest that this series, these are some hard words for some of us. 
These are some challenging words. And some of us right now in the world in which we're living, we're overcome with fear and anxiety. We feel the division happening around us. We feel overcome with emotion and we don't know what to do. And so today I want you to hear the words of this song. I want you to hear blessing being spoken over your life. That I want you to believe today that God is for you and he's not against you and that the church the church has never been more important in a world of difference. But as we sing, I don't want you to just receive these words for you. I pray that as we sing, man, imagine this, the Lord will open your eyes and he'll give you a vision, not just for you, not just for your household, not just even for your neighborhood, not just for the school where your kids go or, or the job that you work or the sports team that you're, I pray that God will continue to enlarge your vision for our community, in our nation, in our world. And that as we hear these words, as we sing these words, we won't just receive them for ourselves, but our eyes will be open to a world that is different. And we will declare emphatically, may the Lord bless you. We speak, listen, in a world of division, in a world of difference, we, the church, speak blessing over you. That the Lord, our God is for you. He's not against you. And our desire, our heartbeat in this day is that we are his ambassadors. And so we desire for each and every person to be reconciled to God. And so God, literally, literally as the song is playing, where we're saying, God, open my eyes. Give me a vision. Give me a vision for a world that's lost. Give me a, a vision for a world that you love. Give me a vision for people that are far from you that can be reconciled to you. And so as you hear this song, I pray it ministers to you. I pray you receive these words for yourself, but I pray God opens your eyes and gives you a vision of a world of difference in your invitation to be a part of his plan in a broken world. Enjoy, listen, let's worship together as this song is played. Thank you again so much for listening today. Email us at info at for any questions about our church. As soon as you're finished listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.